0: I'm Cecilia Lay, and this is Fifth Emission. Mission. Things are getting real and a bit uncertain for California Governor Gavin Newsom. We are just weeks away from the September 14th election where California voters will decide whether he'll stay in office. A half million text messages are being sent out to people's phones reminding them to vote. I received one. And canvassers are knocking on doors in the suburbs and millions and millions of campaign dollars are being spent on airtime for ads. All of this is to convince you to take a stand in this defining election in California politics. And the latest polls show that the recall election race is a dead heat, which may be a surprise for some. What started off as a right-wing effort has turned into a palpable threat for Governor Newsom. His fate is expected to boil down to whether Democrats can mobilize enough of the state's voter base to counter Republicans who have been eager to capitalize on Newsom's handling on a variety of issues from homelessness to the COVID-19 pandemic. Here to talk us through the latest and what to expect when California voters receive their ballots are two political experts at The Chronicle, state capitol reporter Dustin Gardner and Joe Garofoli, senior political writer and host of The Chronicle podcast, It's All Political. Thank you both for being here.
1: Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us.
0: Well, Joe, let's start with you. For people who don't follow state politics as closely as you do, it seems like we've gone from this recall effort being a bit of a joke to... The real possibility that Newsom could be recalled. What has happened in recent weeks that have really raised the stakes?
2: You know that this is a real threat that Newsom could be replaced when we when we saw all these San Francisco politicians the other day in, uh, in the Mission District gathering behind him, people who haven't necessarily agreed in the past uh, on various things, backing Newsom and saying, get out to vote. The, the problem remains the same for Newsom. Republicans are twice as enthusiastic about getting rid of him as Democrats are to keep him. And so his goal is just over the next few weeks is just to get out the base Democratic voter. And he has he's doing that in a variety of different ways. He's trying to scare them. He's saying, uh-oh, if I'm not around, there goes Biden's agenda because a Republican governor could perhaps appoint, he is not saying this, but he's inferring it, uh, appoint a senator to replace, uh, if something were to happen, Dianne Feinstein or Alex Padilla, And there goes the Democratic majority in the Senate. Uh, he's saying, look who's leading on the Republican side. It's Larry Elder, this very conservative uh, talk show host who he says, quote, is the to the right of Trump. So they are pouring everything out of this. They're pouring $6.5 million into getting out the vote. Newsom promises this will be the biggest get-out-the-vote effort of all time in California, 17 million tweets. He is pulling out all the stops. We don't know if it's going to be enough, though. So you
0: mentioned some big numbers there. Dustin Gardner, a week ago you wrote that Governor Newsom had outraised all of his Republican challengers combined by a 3-to-1 margin. Is that a huge advantage for him? Is that going to make a difference?
1: Um, Yeah, I mean, obviously, it is a huge huge advantage. I mean, I just checked a couple of minutes ago, and the governor's now over 62 million total in fundraising. And all of his top Republican opponents combined are just barely over 20 million. So it's just this huge, uh, yeah, like you said, 3 to 1 margin. I mean, for Newsom, that means that he's buying a lot more airtime. People are seeing a lot more ads of his. You know, Newsom's been putting up a lot of ads that are emphasizing this idea that the recalls are Republican-led kind of coup backed by Trump supporters. But at the same time, Newsom um, has a really hard climb in this recall because he faces 46 opponents. I mean, you've got 46 people out there campaigning against the governor. Several of them are actively touring the state on bus tours. You know, in terms of being able to be in front of cameras and get your message out there, he does have a huge disadvantage and this money helps him sort of close that gap and get his message in front of voters when he's competing against such a large field.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, do you both get the sense that California voters understand the seriousness of this or Newsom's maybe passive supporters not feeling it quite yet?
2: I don't I don't get the sense that they're feeling it quite yet. I think they, they're they starting to tune in. I'm just seeing that a lot of uh, friendly Democratic groups, your move ons and your and your California Courage campaign and, and such, they are now urging their membership, their mailing list, that, hey, there's a recall gonna be happening and it's gonna be very simple to vote and, and, you ha- and they're trying to keep it as simple as possible. Uh, Newsom's message has been, vote no and leave the second question blank.
1: Yeah. And I mean, just to add to that, I would say it it is, I mean, things have been slowly picking up on the Democratic side. And it seems to me like Newsom's never has been more popular with progressives than he seems to be right now. I mean, people that are just, you know, three, four months ago, were kind of railing against the governor over, you know, certain priorities in the budget, et cetera. Those progressives are really coming to his side. But the question is, is it going to be enough, fast enough? I mean, we've only got five weeks left. And it's only within the last several weeks that some of the Democratic clubs in San Francisco, for example, have started foam baking and doing things like that. I think they're really just banking on thinking they're gonna catch people as they're getting their ballots and kind of mulling it over. Um, but it's, you know, we don't really know if it's gonna be enough. And the,
2: and the challenge here is that this is happening as kids are going back to school, as, you know, people might be coming back from vacation. This isn't a, a, an election in the natural rhythm of elections. We, we go to the polls in November we, or, or, or June for the primaries or March for the primaries. We don't go to vote in August or September. And that's confusing.
0: We have over 40 candidates at this point, some maybe more serious than others. Who are the main and viable challengers to Newsom at this point? So,
1: so there are officially 46 candidates on the ballot. One of them dropped out, Doug O'C, the former congressman from the Sacramento area. He said that he'd suffered a heart attack over the weekend and is not going to be in the race anymore. So officially, we have 45 candidates that, that are really in this thing. Um, the one who's really risen to the top is Larry Elder, the conservative talk radio host, um, he he didn't get in until the middle of July, just literally days before the filing deadline. And he's kind of surged to the front of that big pack. And the last couple of polls have shown him way ahead of the other Republican challengers. And Larry Elder, he's really benefited from a lot of name recognition. He's been on the radio for about 30 years, has a pretty big conservative following. Um, and then behind Elder, we have a couple of well-known uh, folks. Also, um, John Cox, the San Diego businessman who ran in the 2018 election against Gavin Newsom, he's running again. He's often pulled second. Um, And then you have Kevin Falconer, the former San Diego mayor. He's still in the mix. Caitlyn Jenner, the former Olympian and reality TV star. She's still in there. Um, So uh, pretty, you know, pretty big host of well-known Republican names.
0: Are there any Democratic challengers that could actually make a difference here?
1: I don't think so. I mean, there's really not any well-known Democrats. No one that's raising significant money or that has significant broad name ID. I mean, that's really why Democrats, even though you know Governor Newsom has been telling people don't even vote on the second question, skip it. They're really putting all all their chips on the governor and telling people to just completely avoid that second question.
0: And Larry Elder is someone who says if he won the election, he would reverse mask and vaccine mandates in the state. And Joe, I want to ask you about the wonkiness of our state's recall system. How could a candidate who says he would do that, something that would be likely so unpopular here in the Bay Area and other parts of the state, how could he potentially win with a small margin, potentially?
2: That's the way the, the recall rules are set up. That's one of many curious, uh, Parts of the recall process here in California is that uh, to recall the governor, you need to have 50% or more of people wanting to recall him, voting yes to recall him. But whoever gets the most votes among those 46 replacement candidates that that Dustin mentioned wins. They don't don't have to get a majority. Arnold Schwarzenegger, when he became uh, governor, he crushed the field and he only got almost 49%. But that, uh, that is very unlikely to happen this time.
0: We'll be right back. You can support Fifth Mission and the newsroom that creates it by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com slash pod or by downloading the San Francisco Chronicle app. And Dustin, your colleague, Alexei Kosov, had a piece out in the Chronicle saying that Republicans are trying to make Newsom take the fall for the state's homelessness issue. Is that resonating? And what are the other hot button topics that Newsom will have to contend with for voters?
1: I mean, yeah, the polling shows that homelessness is, you know, no question the top, consistently the top issue for a lot of voters in this state. Um, and Republicans have really tried to make Newsom solely take the blame for that. Um, but in terms of whether it's resonating, you know, we do see in, in the polling that have come that's come out that that's an area where the governor has, has not performed that well with some voters. He's performed much better on things when it comes to like the pandemic um, or the state's economy, um, his handling of those issues. And the Republicans are really just kind of seizing on very stark imagery, saying, you know, this is their ads are often, you know, depicting a state that's very much in decline. They're kind of showing grainy, grim pictures of 10 encampments on sidewalks and things like that. So they do seem to think there is some uh, momentum with for them on that issue. Um, But that's not the only issue. I mean, in that same vein, they're really emphasizing crime, Um, even though crime in, in a lot of areas is still lower, much lower than it was, you know, 10, 20 years ago, um, there are areas where crime has increased, for example, like uh, vehicle break-ins in the Bay Area. Um, and they're really emphasizing that idea that people just don't feel safe in a lot of major cities in the state anymore. And whether the the stats bear that out with with crime statistics, it doesn't really seem to be an issue as much in the race as much as the perception of the of crime. Um, so that's another big one. And then also wildfires that really has kind of um, just come to the, the fore center of the campaign again as we have you know several big fires burning in the state. And Republicans have really hit Newsom on that issue um, when it comes to the state investment on. In forest management, they're saying that, you know, he's been in there for a few years and the state just hasn't done enough to ramp up how, how much vegetation it's clearing. Um, but on the other hand, you know, the governor's pointing to this huge budget surplus and we have pretty, you know, record investments in some of that kind of forest management work.
0: There are so many big issues motivating this election. Do we know how many people are undecided about this recall? How large is the pool of people that Newsom and his opponents will need to mobilize?
2: Among likely voters, the latest polls we've seen that, that are public polls that are the most trusted, they're, they're, they're roughly split on whether they want to recall Newsom. There's still 30, 40 percent of uh, voters are undecided about who they want to replace him because uh, even Larry Elder, who's leading with 15, 20 percent, that's there's still a lot of people who, who don't know who they want to replace Newsom with.
0: And on the note of voters, how do we make sure that we all become voters in this election? I just got notice that my ballot's coming. Some people seem to be confused on how to vote in this election. So, Joe, what do we need to know to participate?
2: First of all, Cecilia, so, so, yeah, I applaud you for signing up for where's my ballot. <laughs> Very easy. You can you can have a, a notification, uh, and you can sort of track your ballot when it's en route to your house, when it's uh, when it's counted, and everything. And the best news about this election is that every registered California voter will get a ballot mailed to them. And then all you have to do is mail it back. There's no no need to even find a stamp there. You can just mail it back in. And there's two questions on the ballot. The first question is, do you think Gavin Newsom should be recalled? If you say yes, that means yes, you think he should be recalled. If you check no, that means no, you don't think he should be recalled. The second part of the ballot is, who among these 46 candidates do you think should replace him? pick one or pick none. Uh, You have that option. No matter what you vote on the first question, yes or no, you can still pick a candidate. It doesn't disqualify your first answer. So it's, it's very simple. Two questions, mail it back in, and then you're done. And even if you don't register to vote by the deadline, which I believe is August 30th, you can register on the same day and vote on the same day as election day, which is the last day to vote, which is September 14th.
0: It seems straightforward enough. And a question to both of you, what are you two keeping your eye on when it comes to voter turnout? Will Newsom need key demographics or groups to show up to ensure he stays in office?
1: One of the things I'm really watching is to the extent that the, the different campaigns are targeting uh, various minority uh, voter, voter groups. For example, um, you know the Republicans have really emphasized Latino voters. They think Newsom's vulnerable um, with with a lot of Latinos, mm-hmm. um, and we've also seen Republicans um, make a big some some of them make a play for for Asian voters. Um, Larry Elder, for example, had one of his first press conferences a couple days ago. Or actually, it was late last week. Um, and uh, he, he re- basically entirely focused on Asian media during that press conference and really really emphasized this idea that the governor had had supported a ballot initiative that would allow the state to reinstate affirmative action. And in his words, he said that would have hurt Asian-Americans by making it harder for many of them to get into some of the, the prime public universities that the state runs. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a whole, a whole other debate uh, for another episode. But, um, but that just shows you, really, that um, there's a lot of attempt to kind of fracture the Democratic coalition with Latino and Asian voters. And I think we'll see a lot more of that
2: with Republicans. I'm going to be looking out for uh, young voters and see if they participate in this. Uh, The last polls I've seen, I think one in three have no opinion. They have not uh, tuned in. And uh, young voters, although their uh, participation rate has increased over the last 20, 30 years, they'll go vote big time in presidential elections less so in midterm elections special elections which this is eh, we don't know so that's uh, but they would definitely be in Newsom's camp uh two out of three young voters typically votes democrat and uh, and Newsom has a uh, uh, it definitely has over his career has appealed to younger voters
0: and is there anything impressionable about what's been going on with this recall effort i know it started months and months ago but What does it say about California's political landscape and looking ahead? No matter what the results may be of this election, what does it say to both of you?
1: I mean, for me, I think it says that 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 next legislative session we're going to see a big push in Sacramento to amend some of the recall laws. I mean, I I think there's a lot of uh, Democrats that are wondering. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. If Newsom wins, of course. Yeah, if if he doesn't win, I think the laws will probably stay the same, but. I think a lot of Democrats are scratching their head and wondering why the recall is set up this way, that someone who who gets, you know, a plurality far below 50 plus one of the vote could, could be running the state. Um, so I think that'll be interesting to watch next year.
2: If this is close, this is, uh, should be a wake-up call for Democrats. Remember, Democrats have a super majority in the legislature. They hold every statewide office. If If this is close, that should be a message to them that, People are not happy with the way California is going, whether it's the high cost of living, uh, whether it's the the homeless situation. There's a lot of concern out there, and that should be the message that Democrats take home.
0: Well, stakes are high. Things are finally feeling serious. Thank you both for talking to me about all of it.
2: Thanks for having us. Thank you.
0: Dustin Gardner is a state capital reporter for The Chronicle, and Joe Garofoli is a senior political writer and host of The Chronicle podcast, It's All Political. You can find both their coverage of the Newsom recall election on sfchronicle.com or on The Chronicle app. The Chronicle also just published a guide to the recall election, along with a step-by-step explainer on how to vote in the election. Be sure to check that out. It's at sfchronicle.com recall dash explainer don't forget the last day to cast your vote is on september 14th big thanks to francesca price and king kaufman for producing this episode and to you for listening